Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. My name is Colin, and I'm your host. This week's episode is with Nikki Murray. Nikki Murray is a Quad Cities stand-up comedian, burlesque dancer. She's also done improv. She is also in school to be a full-time makeup artist, and she's going to be opening up her business here in the next couple of months. And uh, that is super exciting. She's also a mom, and we talked about postpartum depression uh, in regards to that, which she had to go through not too long ago. And we talked about depression in general, therapy, ADHD, and just had a great conversation about mental health. And also she talked about some of the things that she does to help with her mental illness and help deal with, you know, day-to-day life. So I really appreciate everyone tuning in. I think this was a great episode. Obviously, I'm biased, but you can see for yourself and let me know. Drop a comment, share. All that stuff does a lot. It helps me out a lot to get this podcast growing and continue to do more episodes just like this one. So enjoy, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff, and we will see you in a couple weeks. New episodes of the Modern Day Overthinker podcast can be found on every single platform you can imagine on every other Monday. everyone to the modern day overthinker podcast my name is colin and i'm your host thank you for tuning in today's guest is nikki murray thanks for being here nikki and sweating it out it's a little warm in the house it's a weird season right now i don't know when to turn the air on so i wanted to go ahead and get started and have you introduce yourself let uh you're like me you do a lot of different stuff and uh just kind of wanted to give you the floor to introduce yourself and let people know uh what you've been up to? Uh, you're a very busy person. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, so yes, I am Nikki Murray. Um, I am the literal, um, I call myself the jack of all trades <laughs> in the Quad Cities. Um, I've done stand-up comedy, improv comedy. Um, I've been in the entertainment industry for 10 years. I do burlesque. Um, I am a makeup artist, soon to be a licensed esthetician, graduate from Capri College. Um all of the things, mom, mom to a toddler, yeah. wife, you know, all all of that. So it's, I live a very busy life, crazy life, but it's a fun life. What yeah. started first, uh, entertainment wise? Um, improv is actually where improv. I got my start. So I auditioned for The Blacklist in 2012. Okay. And actually, that's how I met Steve Jennings, who's another local comedian. Yep. Um, he and I were in the same, like, quote unquote, pledge class. Um, so we literally. Sounds like a fraternity. You, it kind, it kind of was. <laughs> we were called, like, the pledges and all of that. Um, but we uh, literally learned improv together and kind of came up in the scene together. So that was pretty cool. We have a lot of long standing history there. And that's how I know James Draper and go back several years with him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I got my start in improv. And then a couple months later, I want to say like six months later, I started doing stand up. Okay. And in, I was like in June. June 2013, I started doing stand-up. And then February 2014 was when I did my first um, musical comedy act. And oh, just nice. got sucked into the musical comedian um, genre. And that's what I've kind of exclusively done ever since. So, yeah, here we are. What, uh, what instruments do you play? Um, I just play a ukulele. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not well. Not well. <laughs> not well. Just in a comedic way. You know, just en- enough, enough to make a song, and that's about it. <laughs> like, Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I am not someone who plays any instruments. I quickly, like we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, having ADHD, I was very, when I was younger, I would jump from, I, I started with the trumpet, and I was like, nah. And then I started the drum set for a while, and I was like, nah. And then I was like, ah, oh, no more instruments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just kind of. Well, g- as a kid, I was super into piano and had okay. a little keyboard and kind of self taught um, myself all like piano things, songs. I would like make my own little songs on piano and keyboard and stuff like that when I was a kid. But yeah, ukulele is obviously totally different from a piano and keyboard. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a ukulele is a lot easier to take around to open mics than a giant keyboard setup. So. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, or even a guitar. I know some people do the guitar thing. That's even... Yeah, see, with a guitar, I tried to learn it, but my hands are super small, and they don't stretch super well, so trying yeah. to hit all of the... Um, yeah. It's... What, frets? I'm, I'm probably making someone roll their eyes super hard <laughs> yeah. uh, listening to this, but I couldn't hit all the things I needed to hit or put my fingers down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was a bad time. Maybe a bass. Yeah. So I, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to be a, the, yeah. the musical comedian bass player. That's, yeah. that's a niche. <laughs> it's one I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I've, the first time I met you was doing stand-up. That was a couple years ago. It was probably before mm-hmm. I started. I think I saw you because you kind of pop in and out. I Yep, I do. I, I'm not really – I used to be so active in the stand-up scene, and I was going everywhere and doing all the things. But um, since having my daughter and since getting more into the burlesque side, I've really scaled back on stand-up. So I pretty much just – I don't know. It's – I don't know what to call myself. I'm just, I'm there. I'm like a vampire. If you invite me, I'm, I'll am i show yeah. up. But other than that, I'm not <laughs> like, really involved anymore. You're like Bobby Ray Bunch. Mm-hmm. You just like pop. Yeah, up. I'm literally like the Bobby Ray Bunch now. I will <laughs> pop up when invited, do my thing, and then peace out, and you'll never see me again for another two years. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's also a guy that does a bunch of different stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I... I don't even think I've gotten a chance. I've seen him. He's very funny. I've, I think I've seen him do music, too. Yeah, like, he did musical comedy and stuff a, okay. a little bit. I don't think as he's exclusively. A good, yeah, he's but a he guitar did, singer yeah. guy. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's get into it. We have a similar background. We both went to Catholic school. So Yeah, that, that was fun times. Yeah, interesting times. Uh, how was... Uh, how, how small was your school? Because mine was pretty small. It was small. So there were only eight girls in my class. Okay. That's how small our class was. And this was our, K through eight, right? It, it, we were pre-K through eighth grade. Okay, pre-K So I have been going to Catholic school since preschool, and I transferred to public school in eighth grade. Oh. Um, in the middle of eighth grade. But it, there was just, like, a lot of mean girl stuff going on. Oh, yeah. and, and, like, my parents were sick of 
me being bullied relentlessly, basically, because I wasn't the rich kid in class. Um, so they pulled me and my brother out of Catholic school and stuck us in public school. And that was a culture shock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a huge change That was a culture shock we were not prepared for in any way, shape, or form. Especially but. in eighth grade. Yeah, because um, it wasn't an awkward enough time. Like, I had never, sorry. like... It's already weird. I mean, we lived in uniforms. So we had uniforms and then we had just, you know, basically sweat clothes, pajamas, stuff like that. So transitioning in, it's like I was not dressing like a cool kid for sure coming straight out of Catholic school. And they let me know that. (laughs) (laughs) There was no mercy from 14-year-olds. It was great. No, they're still savages. Mm -hmm. That hasn't changed Mm -hmm. at all. Um, So... Yeah, the culture is so different. I I didn't experience the culture difference really until because I went through high school. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're one of those, huh? Yeah, I'm one of those that did the whole. Am I allowed to drink? Take a drink on here? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Okay, okay, cool. Uh, but so it was even more different. But that could have, I don't know. Yours might have been more more uh, impactful based on the time. Because of, mm-hmm. oh man, when, when I was 13 to 14, I was. It's yeah, a miserable age. It's, it's, I was, yeah. It is the worst. I, I don't wish being 12 to, ages 12 to 15 on any human being. I dread that age range for, for, your for my kid because yeah. I'm like, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do with you. I'm just going to be like, I'm shipping you off to grandma yeah. and grandpa's for the next three years because I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I know I fought with my mom relentlessly. It was just constant battles back and forth in our house and was not fun. So I am <laughs> bringing back that Catholic school and praying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's a rough time. Mm-hmm. So when did you start noticing? We'll start with the, with the since we already talked about ADD, ADHD. Yeah. Uh, so when did you notice that starting to be a thing? Were you diagnosed or did you just kind of like figure it out? Like, oh, I, this just makes sense. You know or? what? I was not diagnosed with ADHD until I was about three months postpartum. So I got my official diagnosis a little over a year ago. Um, yeah, I'm not that long ago either. Yeah, actually, well, yeah, a little yeah, a little over a year ago. Um, but I had noticed through like, and this sounds terrible, but meme culture in Facebook land where we all just diagnose ourselves with our mental illnesses based on the cutesy memes that float around. Yeah, I had a therapist I, on that talked about yeah, that being a problem, yeah, but I get it though. Yeah, I get I get it's helpful, but it's it's a double-edged sword. It is yeah, it's you helpful. Still check with somebody. But yeah. it's people are just diagnosing themselves, but they're also looking at things in a very fluffy We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. But um I know I was like, oh man, there's a lot of things that kind of line up for me here. And I had already had a anxiety and depression diagnosis from my mid twenties, um, which I struggled with anxiety and depression, late. you know, super bad. Um, always had really bad anxiety as a kid. I would get really bad social anxiety. I had separation anxiety from my parents and things like that. Um and the depression really, really kicked in in my 20s during my first marriage. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to go into yeah. from that. Yeah. Um, but I found out from – and this is like – it's kind of – this is sad. But um, I ended up having really, really bad postpartum depression after my daughter was born. And common. It, it's, it's common and it's not talked about enough, honestly. But it hit me – 
in a very sneaky way. Like, it's one of those things that just kind of crept up, and it was really, really bad before I had a chance to know how bad it was. Mm. Um, Thankfully, I had a really good OB, and she um, saw some red flags going on, and she immediately called Robert Young um, and put in a recommendation and said, like, she needs to get in right away to be evaluated. So... They brought me in right away. They got me in with a psych. And, of course, right away in mental health industry is three-month wait. <laughs> so yeah, um, my my OB made that call. Amara was born in September. It was probably, like, mid-September. My OB was like, she needs to be seen right now. This is bad. Um, and it was, like, December before I finally got in to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, so it was a very miserable, um, blurry few months for me there where I don't, uh, it's I don't remember a whole lot, and I don't know if that's the sleep deprivation of having a newborn or the the crippling depression and wanting to die. <laughs> uh, Probably a little bit both. Yeah, column A, column B. Um, but I finally got in to see a psych, and she was wonderful, and she also immediately called me out on all my stuff. So Good. She, that is good to have. Yeah, yeah. So she talked about, like, well, what do you do? And I started listing all the things I do. And she's like, so you're one of those people who needs to stay busy all the time because you can't stand facing your own thoughts. And I was like, crap. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Called me out. Um, so she was kind of hard on me, but she was like, you are cold case adult ADHD. I was like, oh, well, I was told I have anxiety and depression and I guess postpartum. And she's like, anxiety, depression, postpartum are all symptoms of a bigger issue. So you were getting the symptoms treated, but not the actual root cause. So she started me on Concerta and that worked really well. We eventually put me on Adderall and suddenly it was like colors were wonderful again and things and my brain was compartmentalizing everything and i could function that was very refreshing <laughs> yeah so yeah here we are now did you have to deal with uh there was an adderall shortage did you have to deal with that at all i am dealing with it currently and really? it's not fun so i'm actually still happening i knew yeah. it was happening but yeah i'm actually off my meds right now um so if i'm a little scattered seeming and looking every direction i'll try to bring it back that's in. that's why <laughs> um that's but right. Um, I'll be on my meds for 30 days and then off for one to two months. It's been like an on again, off again. It's terrible. So yeah. And Vyvanse is a very expensive alternative. I've learned that mm-hmm. they yeah. put me on Vyvanse for a little while and I was like, yeah, this probably works pretty well. Uh, but, but it's I can't afford yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we'll put you on Adderall. And I'm like, there's a shortage. And also I don't have this weird thing with like, um, like Oh, Vyvanse seems cleaner than Adderall. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's a weird, like, yeah. Uh, because being in recovery, like, there's like this thing in the back of my mind. I'm like, are you using it because you want to get high, or are you using it to try to treat your mental illness? Well, and so they, there's a there's a there's, equate, a conund- there's a conundrum yeah, there. They they equate Adderall with you know cocaine and people who meth. don't have or meth. Yeah, people who don't have ADHD. I mean, they take Adderall to experience that euphoria and be really focused in and accomplishing a whole bunch of stuff. But those of us who have it, like we take it and we're just like, I just feel like I can actually function. Like I'm not feeling overwhelmed by the most small of tasks because it was asked of me while I'm doing something else. You know, it's like if I'm in the middle of doing the dishes and I haven't had medication yet and my husband 
asks me a question, it could be meltdown silly because my brain just yeah. cannot like process that one thing. Yeah. So it's a good time in our house. <laughs> He's a trooper. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to be patient. It's uh, I yeah, I didn't even realize it was something that was because I you know I was diagnosed with OCD when I was really young, uh, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Well, OCD is an anxiety disorder, so it's kind of like goes hand in hand. Uh, not hand in hand, but it makes sense uh, that I have anxiety when I have OCD. Mm-hmm. But the ADD part, it didn't come up until about a year ago, and I was like, really? Another one? Yeah, another, <laughs> another thing. I was like, <laughs> another acronym. I already yeah. know way too many acronyms. Yeah. And I was like, and then does that mean another medication? I'm like, it can. And... Uh, yeah, I tried a couple different things. My thing is like when I was – and I know what, that, what you're talking about with that euphoria thing that it's also in the back of my mind because when I was in college, uh, Adderall was like currency. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you had Adderall, you were uh, you were in good shape. Like you had a lot of friends. Yeah. So I had a roommate who had it uh, for a little while and uh, a couple other – friends that i knew but the thing is like i would just take whatever dosage they were taking which was high dosage yeah and so i would get that euphoric feeling so i feel like yeah i could probably be on it but it would have to be a way lower dose because mm-hmm. that because the only thing i remember with Adderall is talking people's face off uh like hitting on every woman i saw just <laughs> uh being on facebook for four hours yep and just like completely just like zoning into something, anything that wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Like I would t- try to take it to study and I would not study and write a paper and I would not write the paper. Yeah, yeah. You you, you take it because you're like, oh, this will make me yeah. be productive and focused. No, it's going to make you hyper fixate on something else. Yeah. Because you don't have the tools to make yourself successful in that. Yeah. Way. And it was like too much. And uh, so I was like, oh. Yeah. Now, I will, I'll be totally transparent. I am on a very high prescription. I'm on 20 milligrams in the morning with a 10 milligram booster, and that's the most you can take. Um, oh, I've taken way more than that. You have? They're <laughs> <big> stronger? <laughs> like, okay. Uh, I think I, I think I have. At least five ants I have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that's interesting to know because I know she said like the highest dosage we can give you is like that, thirty this, milligrams this was a, a day. This, I mean, this was a while ago. They yeah. probably have changed it. Yeah, this was like back when back in like two thousand. I was in college from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. So, but I know I tell other people that I'm like, yeah, I take like thirty milligrams of Adderall a day, and they're just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, it's, no, yeah, no, I, I I know I, a few people that are. On that, and yeah, people are skeptical about it, especially like yeah, people who used to abuse substances mm-hmm. or even abuse Adderall. Yeah. Um. So I had a lot of, I've had a lot of conversations with my psychiatrist about that. So I don't know, maybe in the future, but uh, right now I'm actually uh, taking Stratera. Okay. Uh, with a pretty low dosage. It doesn't seem to be doing a whole lot. It's not like not working, but it's not. It's like eh. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went a few days without it and I was fine. Right. Like, so I don't really know. Um, so we're still trying to dabbling. I'm feeling like the guinea pig right now mm-hmm. when it comes to ADHD meds. Yeah. Um, I've kind of 
with the shortage, it's also helped me try some other ways of managing with it, my yeah. ADHD that aren't necessarily reliant medication. on medication because Adderall is such it is a hard drug to come off of and withdrawals are real and mm-hmm. it's a hard drug to like being on it for a month and then off it for a month. Yeah, it's, that's not good. It's like I'm restarting the program all over again. So for a good week, I'm just like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and some of the drawbacks to me getting adjusted to that medication where it made me very aggressive. Like I would be very confrontational and just quick to anger. Like the first short fuse, you know, yeah, super short fused. Um, and OCD got really bad on it. Like oh, really? once I adjusted and regulated, it was totally fine. Totally fine. But like those first few weeks were kind of a nightmare while we figured it out. But so what do what do you, what are some of the tools that you've been using since you obviously haven't um, been able to rely on the medication consistently? Yeah. So hyperfixation has been a big issue for me with my ADHD. So, I, especially when like burlesque and you're costuming, you're spending a lot of time costuming. I could easily spend 12 hours just in my craft room, completely focused on costuming and not eat anything, not drink water or anything like that. So I've found, um, timers, phone alarms have been very beneficial for me because yeah, reminders, because I always have my phone by me. We live on our phones. So I can set like, okay, I'm going to work until this time. And then I'm going to take a food break. I'm going to work until this time. And then I'm going to take a bathroom break, a water break, all of that. So it helps me kind of keep myself from getting too far down a rabbit hole, but still allowing me that little creative burst of being honed in on a project and getting to experience the euphoria that comes with that because... Yes, it's very exciting to work on costumes and yeah. you get excited about it. But, but yeah, I could see <laughs> not not drinking water, mm-hmm. not eating being a huge Or not problem. even going to the bathroom until you really, really have to go. Yeah. Like just because you're so focused Fixated, in, yeah. you know. <laughs> like I'm not saying I sit there and craft until, you know, I wet my pants or anything like that, but you know, it's Yeah, it's to yeah. that final moment like, oh, gotta go. Yeah, like yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. And I've learned a lot about um, starting to learn more about like just the, how important it is to drink water. Like mm-hmm. it's such a simple. As I thing. drink my Dr Pepper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had water earlier today, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got this thing, and it's like I never. I try to never let it leave my side. I've had water mm-hmm. bottles before. That's a, my, my one issue is with I lose them. I lose a lot of. This stuff. is honestly the first pop I've had in a while. I don't. Yeah, Bobby went and got some pop for Mixer, and I'm just like, I'm taking one of these with me for a caffeine boost. Yeah, so. usually it's like a treat for me. Mm-hmm. So I treat because mm-hmm. uh, I grew up drinking pop. Like there was always. Oh pop yeah, in my house. we we drank Pepsi and all. Like my dad was really big on Pepsi, so we had Pepsi all the time. Yeah, yeah, we were um, a Pepsi family yeah. as well. Yeah, not Mountain Dew because that would drive me and my brother up the wall. But. Oh, we had Mountain Dew. Yeah, we had Mountain Dew. And we weren't allowed to have Mountain Dew. That was like the special treat as a kid when that came out. Remember when Surge came out? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. That was something they had to lock up. Yeah, yeah. We, we were not allowed to have Mountain Dew. We were not allowed to have Surge. Like, for a while, we couldn't... This sounds crazy. We couldn't even have Lucky Charms for a while when we were, like, super little because the marshmallows would make us just bounce off Explode. the walls. Yeah. Sugar rush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is all that is, is straight, straight sugar. Straight sugar, yeah. yeah. 
so great though so delicious i love cereal i've i've tried to get away from it because it's just like all the, all the cereals i like are the yeah. worst ones i i don't eat i like i really like nutrigrain bars like those little cereal fruit bars yeah, yeah those are good um i'm not like a super big breakfast person but i'll grab one of those with my coffee in the morning and it gets me through till lunch um my kid she likes cereal but she eats like the cinnamon toast crunch stuff she yeah. doesn't like or yogurt she's really fucking big on bananas like bananas that's good all day every day but <laughs> that's good and that's also cheap if she's ever uh strive for cash yeah <laughs> <laughs> she can just eat bananas yeah and they're good for you mm-hmm uh, I know some people who are just, I know I've met two people in my life who are absolutely disgusted by bananas and just like a weird, like almost like my, a phobia. Yeah. My best friend is one of those people. She hates everything bananas. Um, like, I never did. I never discovered these people that mm-hmm. hate bananas so much until she I, loathes it. The texture, the flavor, yeah, everything. She's like, I everything. hate bananas. But she also has the cilantro soap gene too. I wonder if they're like, uh, do your friends also hate cilantro? Uh, no. I don't know. I was like, maybe there's a correlation. Well, I'll have to ask. One of them is my sister-in-law. I'll ask her about the cilantro. I don't think so. Um, But she, yeah, she's a big banana hater. She does not like bananas at all. Weird. You know what are really good? Banana chips. I love those. Oh, those are super good. Super good. Mm -hmm. But those are also just sugar. A bunch of sugar, too. Oh, yeah. So, with the, yeah, with the ADHD, I definitely, uh, glad we talked about that. Because, like, I'm still learning about how to approach it myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you said the reminders, uh, anything else you can think of? That's You know, planners planners are a big thing. I mean, we make the joke of, you know, we buy, we always buy ourselves planners to keep ourselves organized and then they just get lost in the chaos pile. Yeah. Um, But real talk, like planners did help me, Um, especially the goal setting ones. I'm really big on um, making goals for myself so i will write out little goals i have for the week or small um, yeah like small goals for the day or um and then like a weekly goal a monthly goal and that helps me kind of short-term and long-term plan and then i can just you know watch all the all the good stuff roll in when we hit those goals and yeah Yeah, i need to start doing that i've Mm -hmm. been talking about that forever there's a thing over there on my desk that's like supposed to be like a breakdown of your day that i bought like a planner like where it says like goals and like Mm -hmm. uh what it has like a spot for what you're grateful for like stuff like that see i love that stuff yeah some people like i feel like people either really love love that or they hate i love the idea of it it's just it's just a routine and a discipline thing for me yeah once i get into uh if i get into doing it and if i you know i gotta you know, I'm a habitual person, yeah. so once I start doing it, then it'll be fine. But they say it takes 21 days yep. to form or break a habit, yep. so we gotta be able to do it for 21 days. Yeah, it didn't take me that long with substances, but <laughs> I won't talk. I can't right, talk about that as yeah. much as I want to, uh, just because I need to keep my job and some people right. I work with listen to this podcast, so I won't get into like all the substance abuse stuff. Uh, I'm saving that for when. Um, I don't have to worry about that. I say when you're much. making bank off your podcast, and yeah. this is all you can do. Yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, we all know I'm not going to be making bank off comedy for another like 15 years at least, or even enough to just pay a bill. <laughs> I think is that I've another able... reason why you've gone no, with burlesque? Because you know burlesque what? has more. There's more money in burlesque. No, there's not. Or, or, no, you, there's or do you lose not. it all on your craft? There is no like I have maybe once broke even on a show pay and what i've spent on my costume okay 
And I have gathered that because at first I was like, these girls are making, except, you know, people, they're walking around with it the, and then people mm-hmm. are giving out their Venmo. I'm like, these, these girls are making bank. I'm like, we, we are, but literally everything we make goes right, goes back, right into, back into our craft. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, you break even at best and okay. you might make a small profit, but, you know, some of us spend, you know, a hundred, three hundred dollars on costuming. It's crazy. And it's one act, you know? (laughs) So a lot of us who um, are kind of also independent performers, you know, we will take those acts. We will travel with them. Mm -hmm. We will go other places. Like I've taken acts to Des Moines and other places like that because we want to get our money's worth out of that costume and make some money back on it. But yeah, it's an expensive hobby. (laughs) And time-consuming hobby. I've started to learn that, yeah. Because comedy is definitely cheaper, and you still overhead. don't. Make, yeah, yeah. Except for traveling, yesterday. Except for traveling, yeah. If you're going to travel, like yesterday, I did a show in Atuma and drove two and a half hours to make twenty-five bucks. So it's where like did you perform at? The uh, this is the second time they, cl- they closed Market on Main, didn't they? Or did they open it back up? It looks like a ghost town there, so probably not. Okay. I don't know. It was uh, – I haven't been to a Tumwa in a long time, and uh, it was actually this old Jewish synagogue. It's called, like, oh. the Center for Creative Arts. Or okay. I, they switched it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a theater. I mean, they, they use it for all different kinds of mm-hmm. shows. And uh, I got the nonprofit vibe. I believe it's a nonprofit as well, kind of like Village Theater. Yeah. Uh, it's smaller – uh, a little bit more uh, personal, which was cool, but there was no mic. Oh, okay. And, and I was like, uh, luckily, like it wasn't a huge room. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool room, like it had a lot of history in it. You could, they kept a lot of like some of the stuff in there that was like hundred years old, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of refinished it to make it look good. Um, but. Yeah, the no mic thing. So I took my wa- I had a, a bottle of water and I just like held it <laughs> because I'm like <laughs> I don't because you have to fix it. Like I'm like I don't know something. I'm like I don't know what to like, do with my, my sensories hands. are everywhere. Let me. <laughs> I'm like I'm not giving a lecture here. I'm like I was gonna turn into like Chris Farley and like yeah, just get really animated. <laughs> and, yeah, and some of the guys did actually. Um, have you met uh, Nancy from Iowa City? Oh, yeah. No, I know Nancy. Mm-hmm. Oh, holy shit. I had never seen them perform. Yeah. I've met them before. Killed. They are they are funny. I have oh. known them for quite a while. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. Nancy just had the audience just... Oh, I'm sure. It was incredible. Uh, but yeah, it was an adjustment at first. Once I got used to it, I was like, all right, it's fine. Uh, but at first, I was like, I don't know what to do with my... It was like... <laughs> Talladega Nights or (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was weird but it was fun but yeah like I if I calculate my gas and like wear and tear my car I probably didn't no you didn't didn't which I wasn't going there for that anyway like I, I I didn't know how much I was getting paid like we, I, I asked because um we used to do a stand-up show in Otomo and it was um at this place called Marking on Main it was a really cool building this was on Main Street but yeah. it was like East Main Street. Um, Not quite. But it was, you had the main area that had like a little raised stage and some cool lights and then a bar. 
and then you'd go back and they had like all these little craft vendors almost okay. kind of like a little indoor farmers market type of deal kind of like freight house yeah kind of like freight house um i mean we'd be there and everything's closed but we did i had been a part of a couple stand-up shows that were there and then the improv troupe that i ran for a little bit soup we performed there annually for a couple years until they ended up closing the venue down but yeah I don't the know owner if it's or the person again, who huh? booked um she was super nice and we always get like our hotel room cover and things like that that's and, cool yeah they did give us free food which was nice they had yeah. like a little they had uh since it's not a place that's like open all the time they, they had a kitchen they had a caterer in there and mm-hmm. that was cool so that was nice and i make i always make sure to eat that I was the only one that didn't eat before the show. My like, I can't eat before the show. I'm I'm like that too. I can't eat before I go on stage. Otherwise, I just like feel all gurgly and yeah, I'm unpleasant. Like it, yeah, I'm like it's yeah. it slows me down. I'm like I already deal with having not having enough energy anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and di- and it was dinner and dinner's like I like eat smaller meals throughout the day and then dinner's like my meal. Like I eat a lot at oh, dinner yeah. and I'm like. If I want to actually enjoy this, I'm gonna have to wait. So, I live uh, the the service provider life of an esthetician makeup artist, where it's I will eat when there's time for me to yeah, eat, which yeah. could be really early in the morning, and not again until five p.m. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah, yeah. I feel ya. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, when I was working in the service industry, like waiting tables and bartending, that's how. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was. Now that I'm have a little bit more of a set schedule, at least at least during the week, I have more of a set mm-hmm. schedule of when I can eat and things like that, which is nice. Um, it keeps me well regulated, so I'm not all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I like the timer idea a lot, uh, the reminder idea because that's something that I could easily do. Anyone could easily mm-hmm. do that, like. You don't need to buy anything. You already have a phone that does that. Yeah, and it's just—it's literally just taking the first step to do it. Yeah, is the hardest part. Yeah, I have my—I uh, can't say her name because she'll go off. You know what I'm talking about—the Amazon device. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she probably can't hear me anyway. She's in another room, but I don't hmm. know. She's always listening. But uh, that reminds me. At like, I think it's at 11:30 every day. It says it's lunchtime. Drink more water. No, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was like, you should eat. I was like, I hate the rest of the things that it says because it got programmed uh, a couple years ago and I don't know how to turn it off. It was one of those things where like, it'll prompt you like, hey, do you want to try this feature? And uh, it was actually um, my my ex-girlfriend said yes. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know how to turn the feature off. Oop. So it's been going on for like two and a half, three years and uh, I like the water one, but then it, at four thirty it says it's uh it's almost dinner time. Start preparing dinner. I'm like it's four thirty. I'm not <laughs> I'm not ninety years old. <laughs> Get the blue haired special, you know. <laughs> um, but I don't know how to shut that off. But at least it reminds me to drink water, which right. is at least once a day. But I should set a reminder more like hey, drink more water, or hey, like even do some breathing exercises. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Checking my breathing, little things like that. Or you know, hey, go switch your laundry over. Or, Get up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I sit on. Move around. I sit on my ass all day, right mm-hmm. there, and uh, I have to definitely remind myself to get yep. up. Or and now that it's starting to get nicer a little bit, this week's gonna be weird. Go outside. But going outside. Yeah. 
Uh, during my like, I have some long days at school. So um, actually, like this last Thursday, I put in eleven and a half hours at Jeez. school. So I had to like put in like, okay, we're going to go outside for ten minutes and just get some vitamin D, get some yeah. sunshine, energy, and. Even if it was just sitting at the picnic table, breathing, <laughs> just go outside. Yeah, going outside is very important, mm-hmm. especially if the sun's out. It's yeah. Even, it's even better. But yeah, just getting fresh air in general. Um, so, and that helps a lot with the depression, for mm-hmm. sure. Just little things like that. Vitamin D is huge. Right. I take vitamin D, actually. Yeah. Uh, and and everyone should, because none of us get enough of it. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things. If you things check your levels, you're gonna be low. Yeah. It's because, you know, you get it primarily from sunlight and mm-hmm. if you're inside mostly like we're not getting enough. Yeah. So That's supposed to mimic sunlight, that little light right there that oh, I use as it's extra very lighting bright. here. <laughs> it is very bright. You're actually supposed to like have it it's called a happy light. You're supposed to have it like close to you and you're supposed it's supposed to mimic Vitamin D. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Um my my psychiatrist actually recommended it yeah. to me. Uh because she's like, you don't get outside enough. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm a nerd. I'm allergic to the sun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to talk about because we haven't talked about this at all. Like the you said you had some uh, medical trauma, and we didn't really yes. dive into that when we talked about it um, when we were messaging each other about what we wanted to yeah. talk about. So I kind of wanted to dive into that okay. and see yeah. what kind of triggered that, what happened there. Um, so I'm actually a breast cancer survivor. Okay. I will be considered awesome. in remission actually this summer. It will be five years. So five oh, years yeah. is when you're five considered when you know, you remission, like, like you can breathe easy again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, as far as I know, knock on everything wood. Yeah, this is clear. what... <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I ha- – and it was it was found early. It was caught early. It was actually – I went in for my yearly, like, gynecology appointment, yeah. and they always do a breast exam, mm-hmm. and my doctor felt a lump in my left breast, and she's like, oh, this isn't – you know, well, let's get this checked. It's probably nothing, but let's get this checked out. So I went in for an ultrasound and a mammogram. And after that, it was a whirlwind. Everything just happened so fast. It was immediately like, okay, we got to do a biopsy. Okay, we're getting you into a surgeon to talk to a surgeon. The surgeon's calling me. Yeah, that's this is cancer. Um, and then now I'm in with an oncologist. Now we're scheduling you know, surgery to remove it. Now we're scheduling radiation. And it's appointment after appointment after appointment. And it was just, it was nuts. It was very just how quickly everything happened. Mm-hmm. Like one day you're just at your doctor's office for a routine checkup. Yeah. And then a week later you're planning out surgery to remove cancer. Like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. So, um, I definitely have a lot of trauma from, and it's, I, I don't say like that I had bad doctors or anything. I had amazing doctors, um, amazing nurses, amazing staff. Everyone was great. I had a great support system. I had a great village behind me um, that helped me get through this. But it's the being in a hospital Ooh. immediately like sends me into a panic attack. Yeah. Like 
going in to like just even for my checkups like every six months going to my oncologist just for a checkup i have to mentally prepare myself because you're just walking back into all of that all over again what if they tell me and and you're you know now in the waiting room with other people who are going through the same thing that you've gone through or are going through it now and it's just so much like so yeah It's a lot, and maybe, like, people listening in who have had to go through this, they can relate, and, oh, sure. but it's, I would say, like, there's, there's probably some hate PTSD things reasons. going on here, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Also, like, the important thing for for people to know is, like, checkups are important. Yeah. Because <laughs> that I wouldn't the, have gotten picked up. I am the biggest advocate for, like, go to your doctor every year. Get your checkup. Get your mammograms as early as you can get them. Um, do your, you know, your breast self-exams at yep. home. Like, men, you know, with colon cancer, like, get your colonoscopies, like, as soon as you can. Like, make sure you're getting all that stuff checked out because it can sneak up on you. Cancer is not an old person's disease. It no. hits children. It hits babies. It hits young adults, you know, yep. who are freshly 30 years old. <laughs> like, so, you know, it's it knows no age limit. So just make sure you're taking care of yourself so you can be on top of those things. But Yeah, it's important. And I get to – I'm one of the lucky ones. I, I feel lucky every day. Like, I get to be here. I get to share my truth. I get to tell others, like, I'm very grateful this was caught early – Make sure you're staying up on your stuff, <laughs> like so you get to be here too. You know, yeah, I think that's uh, like my grandma's dealt with uh, with tumors and like mm-hmm. things with their bones and th- that that type of cancer. I forgot what it's specifically called. I think it's some huge word that I can't pronounce. Uh, but she's uh, she's a retired nurse, so she was always on it with her checkups. Mm-hmm. Like she's always paying attention. Like she's even mo- like. She's like next level paying attention though because yeah. she's a, she's a retired yeah. nurse yeah. so she's like show me the charts <laughs> <laughs> let me see what's going on oh yeah no um my hospital they always post like your your charts and your test results in a little online portal oh yeah and she, sometimes, she like, gets before, in the portal like even before the doctor calls you and explains it to you I'm already in there I'm reading everything <laughs> I'm researching definitions yep. like <laughs> yep that's how she is yep and I get it yeah uh being on top of it's important because yeah like it creep up on you mm-hmm. uh never know what's gonna happen uh i had a uh this, a friend of mine that went to college with me uh he they discovered something i don't know i can't remember if it was cancer or not he was uh, a friend that i didn't keep up with after college i you know i partied with him and hung out with mm-hmm. him and he was friends of friends and uh he went to have surgery and did not make it oh my God. off the operating table. Wow. Like it was within a week. Like they discovered something. They're like, like you said, you had a yeah. surgery a week later. Yeah. He went to have the surgery and nothing. Wow. Didn't wake up, and oh it was just like that is wild. And he was, yeah, I think twenty nine, thirty. And sometimes it's so crazy how you know they discover something and how quickly you decline after it's discovered. And I've noticed that especially with um, it sounds so morbid, but pets. Like, your pet's, you know, just acting a little funny. You take them into the vet. Oh, well, they have a tumor, and it's can't, but it's probably slow. And then they just decline so rapidly. It's yeah. like once you know, it just all starts going downhill so rapidly. And it's it's weird. I wonder if it's part of, like, once the brain knows, once you consciously recognize what's going on, then it really 
hits. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, your mental health can really affect your physical health, Mm -hmm. as we both know. Uh, Just dealing with anxiety Mm -hmm. and and depression uh, in general. Uh, I noticed uh, a couple weeks ago. Well, not even no. This was a week ago. uh, I want to put it past me, way past me, because it was something I don't want to deal with for a while, but. My, the main medication that I take for anxiety and depression, it's kind of, it's an SSRI has to build mm-hmm. up in your system. And I was going on two days without it because uh, procrastination on my part a little bit for refilling it. I was out of refills. Right. And, uh, but my providers, my doctor, they were short staffed and they're having issues getting the prescription sent over and they did. And then once they did, the pharmacy was kind of dragging their feet and then they had to, they said they had to order it and i had to like go full almost full karen on the mm-hmm. pharmacist and because i was like um i started having withdrawals uh yeah. quickly because uh, apparently i and i've done some tests like some like genealogy and different type of tests with medications to see what medications work better for me and which mm-hmm. don't um that's there's a test that you can do for that and I am a fast metabolizer, so uh, which also can mean, I believe, from what I've gathered, I could be wrong on this. I need to do more research on it. But you know, w- the way my body felt, like I could feel like the medication like leaving my body, like and me starting to be like, I feel weird, I feel off, and it was not a good feeling, mm-hmm. and um, I hope that never happens again but yeah the withdrawals and i just felt like i was like oh this is uh why i take this medication and also i need to be on top of this and not procrastinate Mm -hmm. because this can happen but at the same time i was like it was only two days like yeah like if you look if you looked online it said like three to four days but since i'm since my body is the way it is i was just like i told the pharmacist i'm like uh, the pharmacy tech and I was like look like I know like uh, you know you're I don't remember how I explained it but I had called earlier in the day and they were like yeah your prescriptions uh, we have it we have the refill we can fill it we'll get it to you by the end of the day I'm like please get it filled today like it's, mm-hmm. things are not going well mm-hmm. and uh they did not have much empathy, uh, which is frustrating because uh, you go kind of cold when you work in that industry, I think. And I feel I, – I kind of understand why. Like they uh, yeah. are probably dealing with so many people. I get who, it. But at know. the same time, like this is and, – and the problem with it is though is there's people that, that will um, make a situation way bigger – and worse than it actually mm-hmm. is and be like i need this medication now or else i'm gonna die like mm-hmm. and they've heard that probably before for some like medication that you're not gonna yeah mm-hmm. um so they don't really know what is serious and what's not probably mm-hmm. but i was like hey the second time i called uh which was later and was, the pharmacy was about to close and i didn't get a notification that i was getting mm-hmm. a refill or that it was done and i was like it was like 7.30. The pharmacy mm-hmm. was closing at 8. And I was like, hey. Uh, and I talked to the same lady. I mm-hmm. got the same lady. She was still working. 
I was like, hey, we talked earlier, you know, we talked about the medication and needing it filled. I'm trying to see if you guys are still able to fill it today or what's going on. And uh, she had checked earlier. She even put me on hold to check to make sure they had mm. the medication or had everything they did. And uh, she told me, she's like, yeah, we're uh, we're out. We can't fill it till Monday. And I was like, do you remember the conversation we had earlier? And then I was like. So earlier today, I'm like, I don't mean to be like this, but you li- straight up like pretty much lied to me like earlier and we're mm-hmm. just like made it sound like it wasn't a big deal, like you're going to get it taken mm-hmm. care of. And now I have to wait till Monday. And this was Friday and I'm already not feeling good. I'm like, things are not going to go well. And I didn't. And with these medications, you kind of have to like you were saying, you start over. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to start over because that's like three weeks. Mm hmm. I'm like I ha- I work a very stressful job. I work in customer service. I get yelled at all the time. That's I need this medication. Mm-hmm. Like I will um things will not go well. Yeah, that's uh, a great like things are not going to go well. Uh, that's basically what I told her. I was like for things, me and for those I was around like, me. I was like things I was like things are starting to get weird and <laughs> I don't need that. This is going to be a bad time for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like, my cat's not even going to want to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, didn't realize. Uh, well, I knew the withdrawals, like, were a thing. And I, but how quickly that hit me and crept up on me, I was, it was scary. But the lack of uh, – I was really frustrated with the, with the lack of empathy. and But I, I get it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I work in customer service and I try to put myself in people's shoes as much as possible. Right. And, uh, even when they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's good to try and see from another's perspective of like, I can see how you're arriving to this conclusion. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it's not fact. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I can see see how you got there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, think that way of thinking is valuable mm-hmm. and it helps because yeah we're not gonna i don't know i agree with everybody on everything and that could go with mm-hmm. you know something little as just like a simple debate to something you know super like extremely like sensitive yeah. and and like we were talking about earlier and you said everyone comes with their own baggage oh, everyone yeah. is coming in with their own pile of stuff that they're carrying on their back and you have to have, like, you have to step out of your own, like, have empathy for me moment to have empathy for the other person because you have to realize, like, with their own trauma, their own mental health issues, their own past, their everything, maybe even generational stuff, they are looking at it in a way, too. So yeah, it's quite a skill to practice, and it's not an easy one to practice, and I'm the first one to admit I mess it up a lot, but yeah. <laughs> it's, Yeah. And also with this lady, like, uh, this is almost something I could not necessarily joke about, but this, uh, I was like, how am I supposed to explain to this lady how bad this situation is when I've talked to this lady before? Cause like, I just have shot the, cause I noticed like, you know, people from Iowa, we don't really get a lot of people with accents that she had mm-hmm. an accent that was like European, like accent. Okay. And I, I don't hear that yeah, a, yeah. a lot around here. So it's like. I was like, oh, so where are you from? And she's like, I'm from the Ukraine. I was like, 
How can I explain my issues to someone who's from the Ukraine and has family in Ukraine yeah. right now? Like, like not, I'm like, so I thought about that. I'm like, her perspective is like, this American guy running out of his meds. My par- my family, yeah. I'm worried about if they're still alive. I'm like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's why, that's another reason I didn't completely snap on her. Um, because it, part of me was like, I'm uh, feeling weird. And another part was like, I know what's going to happen. I know this is going to get worse. And uh, luckily, they were able to, to, and that's another thing that, um, people who take medication, uh, something that you should bring up that some pharmacies will bring it up. Some won't is partial refills. And if they don't have like the full, like 30 day or 90 day mm-hmm. supply, be like, well, do you have a partial that you can give me? And then they'll give you the partial. And then once the rest is in, then you pay for all of it at once. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I've had to use. And that's something I, they were able to find like two different like because uh, I get the generics like two different generic manufacturers and put them together. I'm like I don't give a shit. Like if it's the same thing, uh, then um, that's all I care about. And you don't even have to fill it the whole ninety days. I really only need to just get through. I need to get it back in my system again because mm-hmm. clearly there, there's some some stuff that's not working right. Right. <laughs> yeah, but the partial refill thing is something that. That I didn't even really know like they could do that. Um, they don't like to do it, mm-hmm. but it is a thing that you can do. It's like a little trump card you can pull out. Yeah, and be like, like, but what about a partial? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But what about a partial pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when they say they're completely out of it, they're usually not completely out of it. They're just not. They don't have enough to fill yeah. your full prescription, and that's what they're supposed to do. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a little loophole there. That's good to know, though. Especially yeah. during an Adderall shortage, ask for the partial. Yeah. Just be like, and I don't know if they can do partials with with uh, controlled substances mm-hmm. or not. I think they can, uh, but that's another thing. And also, like using, um, I've used GoodRx like a lot, yeah, because uh, I have a uh, high deductible insurance plan, so everything's like pretty expensive. Super, yeah. And uh, so, no, we looked at GoodRx when uh, Bobby was looking at changing jobs, and we wouldn't have insurance for a while. Uh, uh, okay. it, it, we didn't need to do that anyway. But he was looking at yeah. um, interviewing with another company, but we wouldn't have insurance for like sixty days. And I was like, "Well, that's a long time for me to go without medications that I need." So, yeah. um, or for Amara to go without going to a doctor if she gets sick or something. So. We looked into GoodRx, and I was like, oh, that's a nifty little It is. Little thing. A, there's a couple other ones, but yeah. that's like the best. That's mm-hmm. like the more uh, mainstream one, I guess. The more popular one that's yeah. going to be. You're going to see the most on. There's other a couple other ones as well. Uh, another one that I found. This is if you're better at planning in advance than I am. Uh, is uh, Mark Cuban started a prescription online pharmacy okay and it's direct to consumer type of thing where he cuts out the middleman like there's not extra people involved jacking up the price type of thing and um his and they keep adding prescriptions so like you can set it up uh to do like a you know a couple like a week before you're actually supposed to be out they'll just send it to you um and uh 
or they'll remind you that your prescription's almost up. Um, but the cost and there's you can use insurance on it now, but you don't have to have insurance okay. and you get still get a good cost. Like, That's good. There's yeah. no good. There's no extra coupons or anything you yeah. have to add. It's already like the cheapest they can sell it to. Right. You. Well, that's kind of nice. So that one's uh, it's called Cost Plus Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as I think a Shark Tank type of thing, and okay, um, evolved and then I was like, this is this is legit. And at first, they didn't have some of my medications, and then only like a few months later, they had more of them. Wow! So they keep adding them. So mm-hmm. that's another resource uh, to that's bring a really up. Really good idea. Another thing I learned recently that I wanted to share with some other people is the. Uh, I always talk about the employee assistance program, which um, companies offer their employees and also their family members can use it as well, uh, which is free therapy sessions. And um, our company provided therapy sessions. And uh, what I learned is I was seeing a therapist uh, through that program for a couple sessions virtually through mm-hmm. they were using Talkspace. And uh, I saw a therapist a couple times, and I was like, eh, I didn't get a good vibe. She was, you know, I've, I've been yeah. going to therapists for a long time, and I was like, this isn't the right fit. She was cool, but it just wasn't the right fit. So I found this other guy and started seeing him. I really like him, but I only had a few sessions left because mm-hmm. you only get so many. And he's like, hey, uh, since you started seeing me, and we're, we kind of have a couple different topics to talk about, like you have anxiety, depression, you're dealing with, you know, work stress you know there's a lot for us to dive into here so he's like call them and tell them that that you need more sessions because Mm -hmm. we're switching and they gave me 10 more sessions and i was like i didn't know you could do that (laughs) wow so apparently you just gotta ask Mm -hmm. and it's a they consider it uh another a new life a new life event for you to focus there on for therapy if you have something else or if you switch therapist or if you have you know, you're talking about anxiety, and then you're like, oh, you have depression too. We need to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. That's an additional event for you to use mm-hmm. more sessions. Apparently, okay, I nice. did not know. That's cool. Did not know that. Yeah. So shout out to that therapist for bringing it up because mm-hmm. I would not have known that. Have you uh, done any therapy in the past? Um. Yes. Yes. Lots of therapy. Lots of therapy. <laughs> Lots of therapy. Yeah. Um. I was seeing a therapist. For a couple, oh man, way, way back. So, like, when I got my depression, anxiety um, diagnosis and when I was going through my divorce with my first husband, I had a therapist that was helping me through that. Mm-hmm. And she was also the same therapist who helped me through my cancer treatments and things like that. So, I saw her for a long time. Um, and then she ended up needing to go on maternity leave. She got pregnant, had her baby, and it was yeah. exciting. So, um, I ended up just kind of fallen off the radar and never really got back on her books. You know how it goes, life yeah. goes, all yeah. that. Um, and then recently, like within the last year, I started seeing another therapist. I started going to a place in Bettendorf called Life Connections, and they had some really... Never heard of that yeah, um, they had. I was seeing a really nice lady there, um, and we got along super well. But then um, I stopped being really able to see her because there were some conflictions with uh child care and things like that so scheduling type yeah thing. scheduling and child care and then school and all so it just it kind of fell off the wagon a little bit but she helped me like i was going through a rough patch um and learning a lot of new things about myself and needing to um 
do some personal growth, <laughs> things like yeah. that. We went over those little, you know, life phase things, and um, she helped me through a lot of that. And through those, you know, realizations about myself and doing a lot of, you know, shadow work and journaling and mindfulness and um, got me back on a way better track. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been good since, but therapy helps whether you do it. You know, Every once so a week or... or as needed, it, it just, it helps to have that outside perspective to bounce your things off of. Oh, yeah, for sure. When you say mindfulness, have you done any meditation and tried any of that? Oh, I, man, I don't, I don't get I to go... meditate as often as I want to because yeah. I have a toddler. Like, there's no quiet time for me. <laughs> like, That's a good but, point. Um, but I do, I'm very big on mindfulness practices, gratitude practices, um, looking at the, you know... I'm feeling a feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing this emotion and it's very loud. Like, why am I like looking at the root cause of like, why am I feeling this way and um, dissecting it? I've gotten a lot better at that. It's a good, yeah. good tool to have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that being difficult with a with a child at home to do yeah, meditation. Meditation doesn't happen in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is fair. My thing is, I I've done it, and it's uh, it's a it's it's like I was talking about with the uh, with the planner. It's just like doing it consistently mm-hmm. and uh, reaping the benefits of that. Like uh, I'm trying to do another thing. I'm trying to implement is uh, is taking. I've done it a couple of times. You probably saw the video of me making a mess with the ice bath. Yes. Oh yeah. My God, that was <laughs> <hilarious>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, that was not funny at the time. That was but, very funny for me to watch you. Go no, there. no, no. It was funny to me. I'm like, this is going to be funny for everybody else. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was so ridiculous. But I bought this ice bath, and uh, I'm going to start using it because my regular bathtub, I am too tall. I can't submerge. Mm-hmm. Um without making a mess like that I did. Um, yeah. But so I'm going to put it outside now that it's getting nicer out or maybe in my basement because there's a little like a, um, there's a way for me to get the water out easy, a lot easier than the way I was trying before. Um, that Because the, the valve is like below the tank. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it was, that wasn't even half the battle was, th- that was just part of the problem. The, draining it was, a nightmare. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. I did not think it through. It was one of those things, like, you could probably relate to this, where, uh, where you got... It's shiny and it's super yeah. cool, but, and you don't think about the logistics, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, I'm going to set this up right now, yep. I'm going to use it, and I did I was like, oh, crap, I need to empty this. Yeah. How... I was like, I did not think about that at all. And, uh, yeah, impulsive, uh, got a new thing. I was like, this came in the mail, I got to use it right now. <laughs> but uh but there are a lot of benefits of like cryotherapy and ice baths oh yeah and- absolutely um i'm actually i'm purchasing ice globes um and little cryotherapy tools to use in my aesthetics practice for like facials and skincare because oh, there's yeah. a lot of benefits to using cold tools in skincare it can help like shrink in pores and like tighten facial muscle facial muscles yeah um so like any um looser skin skin that's lo- lost elasticity you can actually firm that back up just using cold tools instead of hot tools because what do we want to do? We want to take hot showers. Oh, yeah. We want to put hot towels on our face, and that's going to make your skin lose elasticity over time. Totally nerding out about skincare things now, off traffic. Yeah. No, that's go. fine. 
That's fine. I told you earlier there's a lot yeah. of uh, – I have a lot of female listeners who probably love a good skincare routine. Uh, so – well, hit me up. Come see me. <laughs> yeah. My books so, will be opening soon. So uh, what were you doing before the before you went back to school? I was an art teacher for 10 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I taught high school and then elementary art and worked for a school district. And it was like, I miss my students. I love yeah. it. But honestly, teaching in COVID is what ruined teaching for me. I, it's kind of hard to teach art. Yeah. And just virtually. between politics parents school administration and i'm not saying all parents i had some wonderful families that were very supportive and like still friends with them on facebook and all that stuff but there were there were those families Mm. too um it just it took all of the passion i had for teaching out like just out of me and if it could have just been me with the kids doing art and doing things the way I wanted to do them all day, every day. I could have taught art for like 25, 30 years. Never would have thought of a career change, but because of everything else um, piled onto that, <laughs> that, yeah. that it was just really morale breaking. You know, so many of us were coming into school miserable every day. And it just was not, I was not happy doing my job anymore. And I was like, I can't. I can't work in a career field where I'm miserable every single day no. for 30 years and then retire. That is not how I'm wired. So I told Bobby, you know, I want to go back to school. I want to get my aesthetics license because I had been doing makeup freelance for five years or almost five years at that point. Um, I said, I want to go back to school. I want to get my aesthetics license. I want to be a professional makeup artist full time. Like, that's what I want to do. And he said, okay. <laughs> he kind of took a breath and was like, all right. Yeah. Um, you have to figure out how we're going to make that happen and how we're going to live and survive. And I was like, okay. So I literally went, I called, um, Ipers, which was where my retirement fund was and all that. I took a tour of Capri, figured out what tuition was going to cost and all of that, how long the program length was going to be. And, set like literally came back with a sheet of numbers <laughs> laid it down on the table and said this is how much i'm gonna get back for my retirement fund we're gonna allot this much to pay off the tuition so i have no student loans we're gonna put the rest in savings to like i'm gonna also use a chunk to pay off this this and this so it's not a continued debt that we have to pay off while i'm in school and here's the plan <laughs> and he was like okay, well then, <laughs> I guess you're going back to school. Oh, yeah. So literally the next day I went in and I told my principal, next year is going to be my last year teaching. I have enrolled because like at that point they had a wait list so long for aesthetics because they're small class sizes mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to be able to do it till September 2022. So this was May 2021. And I said, I enrolled for September 2022. Next year is going to be my last year teaching. I'm telling you now. <laughs> so it was... Just give me um, good heads up. Yeah, so I literally like I it was one of those if I have a if I want something I will literally go and I will figure out how to make it happen Mm. I am the go-getter person and I do not let anybody tell me no if I've decided I want the thing so I literally am like okay here's how we're gonna do it and he was just like okay (laughs) looks like you guys figured out so we're gonna go and yep I knew I wanted to start my own business run my own suite like work for myself like had the game plan mapped out and here we are yeah. Here we are awesome. doing it. Yep. So is your uh you're gonna have your own do you already have your own space that set mm-hmm. up that you're ready yep. to go? It's in it's in process. It's um not ready to go yet, but 
Because um, you're not graduated yet. No, no. I'll graduate in early May. Okay. Um, but I'm already got my website designed, and I'm going to be open my opening my books for people to book for me for June onward. Because by then, it's like I'll be licensed then. Yeah. So that's that's when you know it's it's legal still because yeah. I'll be legal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's exciting. That'll be cool. It's exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, a lot of freedom in mm-hmm. that, for sure. A lot of pressure, too. Oh, you gotta, yeah. You got to make your money yourself. It's all on you. I get so. it. I'm trying to start my own business, too, yep. and it's... Uh, the startup costs are a little bit sticker shocking, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, at least you uh, kind of have a game plan, and you're not like, oh, I'm opening the doors next week, like, and I have mm-hmm. to get all this stuff done. You can kind of, like... Yep. Get a couple things done. Get those small goals taken mm-hmm. care of. Get the small goals done. Get the bigger goals done. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So uh, I want to think how to, how do how we want to wrap up because uh, we're right at time. I, All right. I did actually pay attention. To yeah. Time. I'm getting better at that. Cool. So we don't have a Stevie Mo podcast. I was going to say I appreciate that because my husband's going to want his his time <laughs> relieved on baby duty here soon. So. Oh, I get it. Yeah. yeah totally understandable and how uh you have a what, what she's over what, like she's, one and a half she's gonna, yeah she's gonna be two in september oh man yeah yeah things get yeah. we're we're busy <laughs> and we like we we got a trade off so <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of mm-hmm. uh a lot of energy mm-hmm. i'm sure it's a tag team effort so how are uh how long did the the um the postpartum depression really last until you were able to feel like a little bit more honestly i think it was probably close to a this is going to say like close to a year before i really started feeling like myself again even with a diagnosis with being medicated and all of that like it's having a baby changes so much in your body that you know you've just you have all these hormones going through your system you have this tiny human who is completely reliant on you to survive mm-hmm. um and that in, in and of itself is a big stressor yeah and then you have all the different feelings that come with this huge life adjustment change because you are no longer the life you lived before just in an instant is no longer your life like yeah. all the freedom you had to go out do out whatever you want you know that's that's done that's over um there's you know there's friendships you're gonna lose like i'm not trying to be all doom and gloom about parenthood because like if i could do it over again absolutely in a heartbeat i regret nothing but it's a sacrifice but it is a sacrifice and you do lose friends over it you do um have people who say they're gonna be there for you and then they're not there for you and or they're only there for you in the beginning when everything's you know fresh and new but you know when they're two when they're three when they're in those really immobile (laughs) crazy ages you find, oh, now they don't want to help as much because it's not a shiny new baby, you know? Um, Those kids are funnier, though. Yeah, right, like, she's got a whole personality now. She's sassy and running around and yeah. <laughs> saying words. And um, Yeah, I think they're boring when they're babies. I don't know, personally. They're not. Yeah, there, were, there was a lot of relationships that changed very drastically and unexpectedly with me becoming a mother. Um, but... It also opened my eyes to who was truly a part of my village because they're not only there for me, but they're there for me and Bobby and Amara mm-hmm. because Amara is an extension of me. Yeah. You know, she's just part of me. She's part of who I am. And um, 
so it's there's a lot of good and a lot of bad. But yeah, like I said, I wouldn't trade it for anything. If I had to do it again, I would absolutely do it again. Um, but changes your life it does it changes your entire mm-hmm. life yeah. like they're not just messing with you when they say it it really it, like it sounds cheesy but it's like one of those you have to experience it for yourself to really get it and i'm not gonna be that person who's ever like everyone should have children because i'd like everyone should be no no some of y'all out there should not be parents <laughs> like, oh, I've, yeah. I've seen some of y'all yeah. and you should not raise a human being exactly. um <laughs> yeah but sometimes I'm also like, I shouldn't be raising a human being. Who gave me this? Question, like, yeah, question. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I feel like you have the right perspective because you have to look at it that way, that it is a change. If you're not looking at it like a change, I think there's a mm-hmm. problem and you're going to be a iffy parent. If you yeah. think that you're just going to be able to just have uh, this person that you're responsible for, for taking care of, to take care mm-hmm. of, and then you're just going to continue like yeah like, the, like life like is the, normal no, like the no, parents no. that we know that shouldn't be parents that yeah. go out every weekend yeah, and they're no, like that's yeah i'm i very much become the i am never out anymore if you see me out it's a treat to all of us okay <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because <an> <laughs> like yeah like uh, all right well thank you for sharing with that yeah, with me absolutely. because uh i think it's very important to talk about uh yeah and also the point you made about like not everyone should have kids. Uh, <laughs> I I love hearing that because yeah, some people are like you just and people think kids can fix things too. Yeah, that's, no, no, that's no. very. <laughs> Please don't don't have a fix it baby, guys. <laughs> like, that's very toxic. Yeah, yeah. Don't have a baby to keep someone. Don't no, have a baby no. to fix an issue. It's not going to get better. You're just going to be very resentful. Or using a child as a pawn yeah. for your relationships. Mm-hmm. and ugh. You're just going to end up resenting your kid and other people. And it's just going to reflect on this tiny human who didn't ask to be born, but no. they're here. Yep. So. Well, I will let you get back to the rest of your day yeah. and relieve your husband. Yeah. <laughs> But I, Bless, blessings to Bobby for yeah. taking on a little bit of extra dad duty today, so I could do this. Yeah, appreciate um, that. Yeah, but thanks a lot, uh, and I uh, wish you the best of luck with everything. I will uh, try to send some clients your, your way. Heck um, yeah! I like to support small businesses. Heck yeah! So. Appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. And you got a really cool thing going here, and I hope it takes off for you. Yeah, me too. Uh, (laughs) If not, I mean, the people listening now are important, and I appreciate you tuning in, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks.